Buds, we are two 20-something-year-old women fresh out of college and fresh into all things work, life, relationships, and self-appreciation. As we find ourselves, we hope to provide a space for others to join in on our takes on life and the process of making sense out of the nonsense. So welcome to our podcast, where we make the grass a little greener, because here, we, we grow, grow together. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, guys. So happy to finally be back. A break was taken because Taya got the suds. Taya is me. Yes, I'm speaking of myself in third person. Happy um, back. Yeah, so you may still hear a little bit of the suds trying to leave my body, but we're coming on the other side of it. May I mention this is my first time getting the COVID. And it was not kind to me, and I don't want it again. So back in my hole, I go. <laughs> Tay and I had an unspoken competition of who was going to get COVID first. Yes, so. Morgan and I made it a really long time without the COVID. Now Morgan is the last one hanging, and I hate to say that now it's time for her to join the club because I got it, <laughs> and that's, but that's just kind of what it is. Talking about joining the winning team. Yes, join the winning team. Now I'm on the other side. Um, but yeah, so we're going to just talk about get into some things, how we're feeling and warm up. Um, so how are you today? And what is something that made you smile this week? Today I am doing well. I've actually this whole week have been in a surprisingly, not surprisingly, but a happy, <laughs> a happy mood. Um, I have no complaints. I have complaints, but they haven't overshadowed the happy mood. So it's been pretty good. And something that made me smile this week, I bought some clothes and they ended up being more on sale than what I thought they were going to be. Period. That's always a good time. I actually added more to my cart because I'm like, whoa, I didn't even yeah. know it went like this. So broke my pockets a little bit, but I am I'm satisfied. That means we got to go somewhere fun so you can wear your new clothes. Oh, yes. No, no I just... I just had that happening to me when I bought some swimsuits. They were super cheap and they're cute. So that made me super excited. Because um, now they try to charge an arm and a leg for swimsuits now for each piece. And I feel like the bottom of you'll be lost. I mean, I get it because it's different sizes for like different, you know, like your top and your bottom. But it should just be a deal. Like it should be $50 for you find your top, you find your bottom and they both going to be fit together. Yeah. And 50 even still is high. I feel like I grew up in a time where swimsuits were a, a two for one package. I don't know if I'm crazy. Did that change? But I don't remember it being this crazy. It's $25 for each piece. No. And it's $50 literally like for each the piece. smallest of fabric. Like y'all not yeah. even me. You didn't give me no padding. That's what really be getting me. <laughs> I got a swimsuit with no padding and you charging me 50. Are you kidding me? Yes. And all the bottoms are thongs. And so it's like, it's just the least amount of material possible. And it just costs a million dollars. So I'm not a fan Whoever I need to talk to to get that to be changed, I'm going to try to figure that out. But that's really good. <laughs> so how are you today? What made you smile this week? Okay, so this is a pretty challenging question given challenging. My, my week started off pretty darn bad. I felt really sick and I was 
really sad, but you know, I have been really thinking about how excited I am to come back home. I've been in Minneapolis for 10 weeks. I'm almost at the 10 week mark and I am so, so ready to come home. I will only be home for a week, but I'm going to make that week the best week of my life. (laughs) Period. A Chicago summer all lapsed into one week. Yeah. Pushing my whole summer into one, one week, one scenario. And then I'm getting the heck out of here. So I will also say too, I think another thing was that like, obviously because I'm getting close to the end, like I'm presenting and stuff and um, got some good responses on my presentation and the work that I've been doing. I think next week I'll have even better news if I have an offer or not. (laughs) So we're going to wait on that. But so far I'm in a good mood. It's going to be real sad if I come back and I'm like, yeah, y'all, I didn't get the offer, but we're going to hope and pray. So what are we going to talk about today? So guys, we're back with our third episode of the series and we missed you. We said it before, say it again. We're happy to be back. Each week, we will be continuing to add different identities that make up Tay and I as individuals. Today, we are going to add on Gen Z, Black women who are also in corporate America. And stay tuned as we reveal another build next week. Yeah. More titles to be added as we go, right? It's getting long now at this point. Um, But to assess some things that Black women are going through in corporate America, we decided to do something a little different, and we chose an article to break down and review for you guys. So this article is from a workplace blog called Lean In, and it's titled The State of Black Women in Corporate America. It was done in 2020, but I feel like the things are very much so still relevant today. And it sums up Black women's experiences in the corporate space very well. I think we decided to do it this way because the article does a really good job at providing um, the shortcomings within the corporate America space while also providing the numbers and the stats to go along with it as well. And then rounding out the article at the end, giving some things and you know some more positive things of what corporate America can do to support and represent Black women a lot better. Well, so... Yeah. So Morgan, what were some things that after reviewing the article, that was our homework. Um, what were some of the things that you took away after reviewing it um, about Black women's experiences in the corporate America space? One of the biggest things that I think I took away from this article, and you know, when you read an article, but you're low-key reading it biasly, like you're going, you're looking for what your experience is. <laughs> but um, I think what I've seen and what resonated with me the most is feeling like you have to represent an entire race. Um, It's nice to have a village. It's nice to have people around you that can support your, your opinion, because at the end of the day, it's just an opinion. Like I can only give my experience and how I how I like um, internalize my experience, but I cannot speak for every Black woman and everybody's experience that has identified as a Black woman. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not even a malicious thing, but it's a, we don't want to misrepresent you. So I want to make sure that I'm asking you and that I'm, I'm getting your opinion on things that I think I don't know enough about, but then it's also 
pushing to outsource and like learn the community more so than just finding the one person that identifies with the community and hoping they have everything sorted out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's um, that's something that I think stood out. For yeah, me. I think that's super true. And I think that it, it is like a big burden. No, I won't say burden. It's just a big responsibility to carry, right? Because being who you are is not a burden, but it can it can feel like one when people rely on you solely for information and make you like the spectacle or like the token, right? It's kind of like, yeah. oh, like I don't really have to do this on my own because I can go to so-and-so and they can tell me everything that I need to know, right? And I also think that that's not always a super bad thing in certain circumstances. Like if they're there's something that you really want to learn and it's easier to get it from a personal account from someone versus like an article or online, then yes. Like I feel like certain things could be like, it can be discussed. It just is always like trying to find that balance and figure out the moderation of that. Agreed. And look, what you were saying about um, like finding the articles and things like that, working at an ad agency, um, our biggest thing now is like we we saw that okay we're asking we're asking certain demographics questions that we can find out ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we started to implement different. Um, there's like different database websites that like give you demographics and like what's happening within that demographic. What are they buying? What are they selling? What do they enjoy doing? Just, you know, more information about, and it's numbers behind it, which is just giving you more of a, um, like a high level view of what's going on in these places. So I think that that is a good start. Not that we're at the solution yet, but I think that is a good start of um, finding something because there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of database things now that you can buy and use within the company to kind of give you that gauge of numbers behind whatever you're saying yeah if numbers is what you're looking for right right and that is but you know in other places I'm pretty sure it's different yeah definitely and what what stood out to you Um, okay. So this was something that applied very heavily to my experience working in corporate America. And it was that black women are underrepresented in leadership. So the article quoted directly that they are less likely to be promoted into manager roles. And then any role higher than that, it pretty much dwindles from there. Um, and so they, it, it really affects, I guess you would say like that representation piece, like for a company to really like be about it and be about what they say. Like if they're saying they're about diversity mm-hmm. and they're saying that they're about, you know, inclusivity and, and, and making sure that people are receiving the opportunities that they should at a de- more diverse level. When you get into the actual office and you don't see it is a whole different conversation right? Because it's a lot to talk the talk. But like, are you really walking it? And do you really care? Not to that article. <laughs> right? It, it's, it's just, it's, it doesn't seem like it. And I just feel like one of the things that I had, you know, discussed with someone in the corporate America space was that a lot of companies like to come with the excuse of like, oh, like we're trying to find diverse talent, but there just isn't any, like we just can't find it. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a pretty tired excuse. Like there are a lot of people not only graduating with bachelor's degrees, they're graduating with masters. They're almost and especially black women, a lot of stats and articles that you'll see, they're overqualified most of the time. So then you have to start factoring in, like, what are some of the things that are keeping you? This person is overqualified, like on paper. Seriously, they have what it takes. But what are some of the other things that are limiting you from being like, nope, I'm still going to give it to this person over her, right? Exactly. And I think that that's, um, it's like a ladder up effect because if there are underrepresented, if black women are underrepresented in leadership roles, then there's not going to be, when the conversation of who should be promoted happens, there's nobody in the room to represent them. So it's like, as long as we don't have the people that are in those higher up areas that are making key decisions for the company, it's only so much growth you can do because you're still doing it through somebody who's not your demographic, who's not thinking about you firsthand. Yeah. And that was one of the things that somebody, one of the quotes that they had said um, in the article actually was, they didn't say like anyone's name or anything, but it's a black woman. She was a vice president. And she said, I don't feel I have the same opportunities to advance as others. If you look at the people making decisions, it's easier to advance. And I don't look like any of the people, or she said, if you look like the people that are making decisions, it's easier to advance. And I don't look like any of the people that are making decisions here. Right. So you think about advancing to a certain level. This is something that I think about all the time, because in my career, there are a lot of opportunities to advance very quickly. And I just get a little nervous sometimes when I see that advancement, like I see the path it's in front of me. Right. But when I look at the actual managerial positions and higher, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see less people like me as we go up. Right. And it's, it gets a little confusing because it's like, okay, like you're telling me I can advance and I can do these things, but like, can I, (laughs) because when I, when I look at it and I try to look for someone that looks like me, that has, that should have advanced before me or should be that I'm looking and I don't see it. Right. So, or sometimes it'll be like, I'll see someone at a, much higher level, but not at the level that I'm at. Or you'll see someone that's like in a high level managerial position, but it's not the field that you're in or something, right? Right. So it's just very, very interesting to see. It is something that I always grapple with all the time because especially being a young professional, like being a Gen Z professional, like this is a new age, like this is a new era, like new, just new set of like ideals and stuff. You want to see people that look like you (laughs) that are close enough within reach to where you can still like chat with them and be like, what did you do? And, you know, what was your path and what, you know, what got you to where you are? And if it's just not enough of that, it's really, really hard. And you (laughs) said before, um, earlier in the, in your statement, you were talking about how black women are coming in and most times are overqualified. And that is even more disheartening because, When you think about, you go into a company and you'll see the inner workings of it. And it's like, you play a pivotal role here. Like if you left, the company would feel it. Yep. And it's not recognized that way, you know, because you're doing it and you're working your hardest. So that's how you're built. But the company's not seeing that. Like if I left, I'm low-key doing the job of three or four people. If I left, I'm low-key going to take this whole sector that I started by myself that nobody realized. Like it's, 
so many things and so many gems that I think the company lose out on because they don't realize how much of an asset the Black woman is in her role and the need for her to be hired. So that way she can hire people that can help her build even more. And like bringing in company money when you think about it. Like, yeah if it was a thought of like, you're doing a really good job here. Like if we set you up in a position to be able to open up the doors for other women like you, or to even just have the role to like pull in people that you think will be good for the team, we could be, we could be a lot farther. And that's not a lot to ask for, right? Like if you're doing a lot of the work, like you're doing a lot of work and your work would make, it is making an, a huge impact at the company that's the bare minimum to ask to be compensated and recognized for that work and those accomplishments. Right. And it's like almost as if you'll find yourself tucking your tail when it comes to asking for advancements and asking to be recognized because it's like, obviously you constantly battle the the feeling and the voice of like, I'm not supposed to be in this space or I'm lucky to be in this space instead of it being the other way around. Like they're lucky to have me. Right. And I, I find myself always trying to challenge myself when I feel that way of like, I look around and I look at who was chosen to do these things. And then I'm like, okay, like, obviously they saw something in me, like they chose me. Right. right? But then as a black person, I'm always like, okay, but wait a second. Like, I got to make sure I'm on my P's and Q's so that I don't lose the opportunity either. Right. And that is a very, very like, true. it just feels heavy. That's like it, cool Because when I had brought up the first, um, the first topic that I thought about feeling like you have to represent the entire race, I'm thinking about it as like, you're proving yourself. Um, like you're speaking for the entire race when it comes to just certain things within the office and like certain like ways to carry yourself. But what you just said about, having to represent the whole race as in I got here so I have to represent us well is a whole different pressure of like I feel like I got the city on my back no yeah (laughs) but I definitely think it's like a thought of I made it here I feel grateful that I did make it here like how can I make sure that I'm utilizing this space properly and I had talked to um one of my coworkers slash um newfound friends and um she was just saying that like black women don't really get the chance to be I don't want to say like bare minimum but like (laughs) we don't get the like you can be a white person do your job and go home and nobody's gonna question that yeah most times but like when you are a black woman, I'm speaking to black women because that's the the title. It's you have to go like above and beyond to be even halfway noticed. Yep. And like not having that luxury of just going to work and just doing my job and going home, that's a lot of pressure. Like it's it's a lot of pressure to have to feel like you have to be then some. Yeah all the time. It's a lot to have on you. And I, I think about that a lot in school and in work, but obviously the topic is work, but in all circumstances, it's always like, you don't always get afforded the same luxuries. And a lot of things to incorporate are very like hush hush. So it takes a lot. Like it's very, excuse me. It's very 
like, um, I'm trying to think of the word that I'm looking for, like hidden, like another word for hidden, but just kind of like disguised, I guess, to the sense where like in with everyone, like in a group setting, like with the whole office, you may not see it. Right. But then like, it's very discreetly kind of inserted into because we're not going to blatantly like disrespect you or blatantly like um, not, like give you the role and you deserved it. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be like a constant thing of like small things that you'll just continue to notice or you may not notice until you, st- you until you start actually talking to your coworkers, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, they'll be like, oh, like I only had to do this. Right. And you'd be like, but wait, I was asked to do this, this, exactly. this, 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 That's this. That's why people are getting so mad about TikTok and Glassdoor and all these places that are giving you the platform to say what you're going through. Companies are hating that because it's yes. like now we're uncovering because it was underneath the guise of like, we don't share salaries because that is like too taboo. We don't share this because, you know, that's just how it goes. Now it's like, no, I'm going to air it out. So that way, you know, when you come into these roles, this is what you need to be asking for. This is what job title should be. This is what you should actually be doing. I just saw something that was talking about social media management and how because social media is so fresh or companies are still using that that, um, excuse that is so fresh, they are asking social media managers to do the job of many. Like, I want you to be a social media manager, but I also want you to be an influencer manager. But I also want you to be a production and, like, making the content, which is three different jobs. So, like, now we're having um, LinkedIn talks and TikTok talks about this is my role and this is what I do within my role because this is what your scope should be. Like, that is you're not able to be overworked anymore because now you know like Mm -hmm. this is out of my range or you're gonna pay me more to do this yes and I really hope that like I'm starting to see an increase and not just Jerry on the corporate betty side but like multiple videos where people are starting to express like putting your foot down and like being strict on yes pay me more or yes you should be paying me as much as you're paying this person if we are at the same level if our experiences are the same things should be equaled out because then you have to start asking yourself once again like I said if everything is equaling out what's what's the extra component that is making you make a different decision it's a little discrimination hidden in there no, time, I see you're trying to sneak that in there you trying to sneak it in there, but I see it. And I know exactly what it is. It's like a little bias in there, you and know, or a little prejudice. Me, like the fact that we even have to, like when you think about raises and all that kind of stuff and how it's done, and usually it's done like at a yearly point, like you do your, you know, check-in of how you're doing. And then you also get to talk about raises and things like that. It's like companies will they like force you to come to them and really push for why you deserve a raise. Like I didn't work here and you didn't see me like exactly that first initial. Okay. This is how much you're going to make salary wise. Okay. I can see why it's a little bit of a, you got to prove yourself. Cause I don't know your work ethic, but yeah. like, I'm in this company a year, two years, three years, however long you, you know why I need this raise. Like let's just stop playing. Like yep. it's just, just stop playing. Give me, you give know me why. Time. You know why I deserve this money. We could talk about what the pricing is, yeah. But like when it comes to like not when it just comes to the the 
idea that this is not a platonic relationship when it just comes to like I'm gaining something a mutual relationship like I'm gaining something you're gaining something let's just use it as what it is like no need to go in these rooms and have to debate and like give a whole speech when it's like you've seen my work it speaks for itself yep and especially if you have managers and that is one of the things that I called out in the article too of um there was basically a section that was talking about how people felt black women felt they have a lack of influential mentorship and that's a barrier mm-hmm. into advancing higher into companies or just in their career period and having a manager that advocates for you and helps speak to your success is super necessary and super needed and that's a form of mentorship I um have experienced because my first manager was a black woman and I did feel like it was times where she was just there to help advocate for me because I am an entry-level worker so when it Mm -hmm. came to certain things I might not have been confident enough to say it or I might not know how to say it and she was there to really kind of help guide those conversations and just kind of help me understand my worth so Mm -hmm. meeting those people that can I can see why people see that as a barrier of not having somebody that can help you in these spaces yeah because what you learn is is when you get into it you learn that corporate is a big space no matter where you are like no matter the size of the company just being involved in corporate as a whole it's a big space I view it as like your specific company yes but like once you step into corporate you're in corporate, like you can, cause you'll probably move jobs. Like you'll shift exactly. around, move jobs, shift companies. Right. And when you're in that corporate realm, like you're just in it. Like I see myself now, obviously the corporate role and the job that I'm in right now, like, yes, I'm in it and it's going to be fine. If I ever choose to move again, like after this, it's probably going to be to another corporate role, like another, exactly. another corporate type of company. So it's like, you stay in this bubble and especially depending on what you do, like my HR bubble, it is an HR bubble across all of corporate, right? Like I don't just have my bubble at my company. Right. I am in the HR bubble for all of the corporate companies across, right? We all know each other. Same thing for you in marketing. So it's like, it is this big place and it's like, you do need, you cannot do it alone. And yeah. that's something that I'm like, is super duper like essential that I'm realizing is that this is not a one trick, like one One person show, one person show, one person thing, because you're outnumbered, first of all, you you have to bind. (laughs) Yeah. You're outnumbered. So you have to pull the numbers out to bind, like bind together and help each other. And I'll say like, even just from my experiences on LinkedIn, like I've had very, I've had a lot of success, um, more so than failure when it comes to like representation and like sticking up for each other and looking out for each other. Like every black that I've connected with on LinkedIn has been very supportive and been like, what do you need? And like, what, what, how can I help you advance in this space? And like, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been really nice to see once again, I would like to see more people that are like closer to my age, like doing these Mm -hmm. things. And I definitely, I have like some, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if that's specific for the HR space, but it's just HR in general. I think it's just a much like 
there's more older people in the space, not to say people are old, but it (laughs) is just one of those things where it's like, you have to deal with a lot of stuff. And so sometimes people may stray away from it because it's like, oh, like this is the the rough stuff, like all the sticky parts that come with a company, all the uncomfortable aspects that come with a company. That's pretty much what we handle. So it's a hard job, but like I said, like you stick together. So that's what I'm trying to do right now as an early career professional is like build my network, not just within the company that I'm at, but across the entire corporate America, whatever, because I'm learning now I can have a mentor or a black woman that's looking out for me. Even if she's at a different company, she's still in the corporate world. She knows what I'm going through. I give you that advice. And that, that means the world. And especially as you grow in your career and I grow in my career, like it's not always going to be a direct, you can push me up to like whatever this level is like yourself. It's more so a, you can talk your way into rooms by just knowing people and having that that access and just knowing how to work the room yeah they've been through it they've had to go through it and low-key probably had a worse oh I'm gonna say worse (laughs) probably (laughs) had a worse time because it's only it's only more doors being opened than closed I will say that I've seen so when they were joining in and and you know getting into this space it was probably a lot harder so it is, it's a lot they can teach and like give. But then it's also a thought of like, you said like the space is so big, but then it also sometimes feels so small for me because mm-hmm. being in my company alone, like people will come and people come and go. Marketing is just one of those things where you don't stay anywhere too long, mm-hmm. but it's always like, hey, I work with you when we worked out here. Hey, I work with you when we worked out here. Hey, I-. So like you never not see somebody twice. Yeah. And it's even with clients, like just not wanting to burn, burn ties. And that was something that my manager really put into me too, is like, you never want to burn ties with clients or people that you are working with because they can always kind of push you to the next agency, push you to the next job whatever that is. So like learning how to not burn ties, sometimes that burning ties is like, oh, I'm just, you know, this bad person, or I got an argument with them, but just not knowing how to navigate their space can also burn a tie. And you Mm -hmm. didn't even know. So there's so many things that is so important to have, especially a black woman, because I just feel more comfortable most times with a black woman to share my like embarrassing moments, my thoughts, my whatever um it's important to have them there to kind of level set you yeah no definitely it's extremely important and it it makes a big difference I do agree with the smallness like the it's it feels big to me but you I do have those small moments as well too I definitely agree um and it just is a even more important reminder than to that like I need to have my people for when things start to feel small, like I need to make sure that there's somebody out there that's looking out for me and making sure that um, I'm okay, right? And and that I'm, I'm making it and things are going well. So the next point out that I'm going to talk about is the most uncomfortable part, but <laughs> experiencing microaggressions at a much higher level um the article definitely goes over some of the things that black women experience being in the corporate space a lot of things being like microaggressions being like personal or cultural or just having to do with your own self and it's just kind of like distracting from the work at the end of the day because you know looking at your coworkers, 
those are certain things that like they they don't have to go through those distractions away from their work like Mm -hmm. they could just come to work and be okay and be fine for example to me like a big one for me is hair yes and that's something that has been like a huge like thing for me that I've been grappling with um I definitely have been struggling with like just like overthinking it, I guess, sometimes, because as Black women, fortunately, in my opinion, we have a lot of opportunities and variety to switch up our hairstyles and do fun things, right? But when you do that, it does create an environment where people can comment on it. Mm -hmm. And it gets to be, what'd you say? And they definitely be commenting. (laughs) Yes. And they definitely will comment. And it comes off as a, one of the things that I just wanted to make sure to get across, like the one thing that I wanted to say the most was just that the comments are never malicious. They're not malicious, right? Like nobody, unless they are. Like sometimes they'll be like, oh, (laughs) you need to change your hair. Yeah. Cause there were instances and times where they're like, you need to change it. Like, you know, your hair looks really unkempt or like, is there anything yeah, you can do to flatten it down? Or it's just distracting to the work, but like, those are the things that are like, yeah, no, this is not right. Oh, right. No, quit. But for the other side of it in the side that I experienced the most, it's usually like on the compliment side. And the problem for me is that no matter what the compliment is to me, it's just still uncomfortable because I just would rather nothing be said at all right there are so many other things you can compliment me on like I don't even care right but like the hair is always just like I know I changed my hair I know I'm gonna come to workplace you're gonna be like oh my gosh like nice hair like your hair looks so cool like was it and it's like once again not malicious but it's just kind of like I know looking at other people they just get to come into work and there's no comments about their hair being said at all And for me, I have to be conscious or nervous or anxious about the fact like, okay, I changed my hair. What are they going to say now? And right? Like how obvious like are they going to make it? About um, just image. It's a difference between like somebody making you upset or like uncomfortable about something. And then somebody like you making me uncomfortable or saying something about, let's say hair in this is- instance, this can like, this is a, a problem that's within this race. Like this yeah. is deeper than just like, oh, like whatever, insert white name, just dyed their hair blue. Like that's that's so different. Da, 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 da. That's different because they have no effects from somebody saying, oh, different hair, you come in with blue hair, whatever, nobody cares. But like a black woman coming in, especially with natural hair, like that can have repercussions in other areas. Yep. So it's like, it's deeper than just a statement because it's something that can have action behind it. Yep. Which is literal action and discrimination, right? The fact that there's literal laws being created right now, the crown act to try to go against keep people from discriminating against your natural hair texture, like the texture that comes out of your scalp, keep people from discriminating against you based off of that. And it's extremely important. It's so sad that it's, it's getting passed at this moment, but it's, it's also a good thing because it's never too late, right? Cause you have people getting fired for hair or people getting suspended from school for, for locks and 
just lots of different crazy things that are happening for hair that I choose that comes out of my scalp. Literally, yes. it comes out of my scalp just like it comes out of everybody else's. And that your specific opinion on what it looks like, like this corporate is not, it's just not a place for opinions, in my opinion. Like we're all here to do a job. That's exactly. what we're here to do. And so one of the biggest things that I've been trying to understand, especially as an HR professional, is dress codes have been a huge thing. Um, it's it's something that people usually have within a corporate space, like. They want to make sure you're not coming to work like naked. Right. But then they also right. want to make sure that what they're saying makes you feel comfortable. So it's like it is a tight line sometimes. But I think that a lot of times when you start to determine and differentiate dress code rules based off of race characteristics, like I like hair or yeah. like, I don't know things that are like natural, like characteristic, that's when I think it starts to get a little confusing. So one of the things that I like about my company the most is like, we don't, we barely have a dress. Our dress code is literally like, it's just titled dress for your day. That's it. Dress for your day. Whatever your day entails, whatever that looks like, is your day a presentation day? Are you in a meeting with stakeholders? Okay. Dress for your day. Are you not doing anything? You're That's just in the office working? <laughs> cool. Dress for your day. Right. And it's just kind of like there's no there's no comments about hair. There's no comments about like your body or like what that should look like. It, like we're not here to be police. <laughs> right. It's just not that it's not that serious. And it's a big workplace. That's what I do for my job. Like, because my hair natural, I can't do this job. Because I whatever I'm wearing is I'm wearing a t-shirt instead of a Sue Jacket, I can't do this job. Like, it's just certain things I think we're realizing is like, you can still do your job and be like, you're human. I think that's what we're trying to bring into these corporate areas is like, we're human. This is not just a robot doing a job. Like I, I have feelings. I have times I want to change my hair. I have times where I want to change my clothes, whatever. As long as it's, you know, within reason, it's like, what's the, what's the big deal here? Yeah. And so it's really important. It's really important. And I think too, like with the Crown Act, I think a lot of companies and corporations are starting to make changes. Like they're definitely starting to start to reassess, like how is my dress code and how are, how are we communicating like our requirements to our employees? What does it sound like? Cause really a lot of it is like the verbiage, like how you're actually writing out these rules. It, it's very important. Like, be careful about what you write. Be careful about what you say as a as a person, non-person of color. Like, if you're speaking to a person of color and you're talking to them about anything, whether it's hair or, you know, a change right. or whatever. They want to go to us for every other little thing, but you don't want to come for the big stuff that you should have came to me for. I could have told y'all this didn't make no sense and we could have skipped it. But now yep. it's just but a now, people that don't understand the demographic in the room. Yep. Just making rules. Now y'all yep. don't want nobody in the room for that. Like, it's yeah. Just- and that's where you start to like, you see, like, you see D and I, D E and I, and it's like, okay, all right. But like, how are we incorporating it? Right. How are we making sure we're listening to the people? How are we making sure we have everyone in the room? That's a representation of our company. Exactly. And not having should to be making decisions before you do that. Like not having yeah. to get to the point where something happens and now you're getting all this backlash. Then you're like, I got to come and get the PR team going. Like that should be something that's embedded within the company. And like going to one of the solutions that I had saw, 
about just like taking the time to create clear and specific company guidelines, like having the people, like you were saying, the right people in the rooms where you're making those guidelines and you're making those company rules is important. Cause like, you're going to need rules in the company. We understand that this is an establishment, but it's like having people that are able to help voice and even just like, like you said, it's how you say it and having somebody in the room who is actually able to voice these things Mm -hmm. like the messenger means a lot when it just comes to like who's saying these these rules to people because like you can have these rules written down and have all the people in the room to say the right things while they're making them but then you have somebody who is careless giving the rules out it's Mm -hmm. still gonna come off bad so it's like throughout the whole process there needs to be clear and specific guidelines to how it's going to be delivered, who's delivering it, what's being said, all of that, because it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it it causes you and it forces you to jump out of your comfort zone, like as an executive to be like, okay, we need to make sure that we are communicating and representing this group properly. So like employee resource groups are really important. Um, That's something that's reinforced in the HR community heavily. Like what is that? you have to have spaces for it's literally just a almost like a club (laughs) like for my company we have one like we have one for the lgbt community lgbtqia plus community we have one for the latinx community we have one for the black community and the uh disabled community and i hope i'm not missing anyone like, what do you do within those? So you can join them. So you can choose to join them if you identify or you can cho- you can join them as an ally, mm. right? And if depending on, you know, whichever one you are, like if you identify or if you want to just join as an ally, as an ally, obviously you are in there to support. So that may be like, oh, I don't identify, but I may have like a cousin or a brother or, or someone along those lines that may identify with the group. And I really just want to learn more and learn how to support you guys. Or it can be like, obviously, if you identify, this is an opportunity for you to get all of these employees that feel the same way. Imagine it just like a, at um, at U of I, how we had our, uh, what was our, what was our black org called? I'm drawing I, a blank. Not my, but what was my a part of? Like the whole thing, the black something. Black Student Union? What was yes, it? BSU. Uh-huh. Yes, Black Student Union. So imagine like, just the equivalent of Black Student Union in a workplace, right? So oh, now you have you a in big corporate America. I don't know. That's yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have literally a Black Student Union, but in corporate America. So this allows you to like get together with this group. It's only for you guys. You guys get to have your own events, your own functions, your own like workshops and volunteer opportunities that you guys do together you have your own leadership within that group that is also identified with that group companies are behind this like if y'all want to do it out and they pay for it yes it's sponsored so when you get (laughs) when you get the when you come with now my company specifically they are kind of like uniquely like what you would call like some of like the veterans of like employee resource groups. Like we have had employee resource groups like since the, I want to say 
I don't even know, like very, a very long time ago. My company's always also been around for 150 years. So that says a lot as well too. (laughs) Yes. But we have had, we have been one of the first to like establish, I know our BCN group black champions was established very early on. Um, and so definitely one of the pioneers when it comes to like having these groups and constantly like evolving them and creating them as you go. Good thing. But then like, there's always still work to do, right? Like this isn't just like the end all be all. And I think that's really important to highlight. Like it's a very, very good thing. Right. And like you said, like, it is like, it is a sign of like big corporate. Like when you see that, like, okay, they're actually, they have the money to like allocate these resources over to these areas. That isn't something that's like common everywhere, but I know that is definitely something that people are starting to prioritize more. Like we need spaces, not only for these people to be able to come together and band together and be with each other, but also allowing for people to join in as allies to learn. I take it from a perspective of like, I wouldn't come into that resource group as an ally and be like, super loud and giving my opinions and just do it like you come in to learn humble, (laughs) (laughs) come in humble, you come in to learn and you come in to listen, right? Like that's your, that's the most important thing you can do. So I I think that like my job has that in a way, but now that you, you describe what it is, I think some and probably other jobs have this issue of like utilizing um that space because mm-hmm. uh, my job like they really actually my my boss really does push for us to like use oh I'm about to say my name <laughs> sorry use the company for um like strong reasons and like give back to the community they're really big on that but mm-hmm it's hard to get employees out sometimes because it's yep. like I have to do this outside of my work day or I have yeah. to, do this, you know, whatever. So having that space, but then also utilizing that space, I encourage everybody to do it if they have it because yes. it's necessary. If you have the pleasure of having it, especially me from an HR lens, obviously I'm like, woohoo, every employee's advocate. But <laughs> if you have the opportunity to utilize that, then you definitely should. And like I said, it doesn't look the same everywhere. Some people may have it and it's like they put no money into it. So it's like basically no. But like it'll be certain times where it's like, OK, like, yeah, you say this group exists. But like, are you guys really doing the work to make sure that it's it's working well and it's functioning and it's serving us in a way to which we need it? Right. So like our stuff is incorporated. Like we did a we did a conference it was during the work week. Like it was in our day. We got to literally not work for that week and do our conference. Well, yeah, literally not work for that week. Everybody had out of office on their thing and be at the conference for the entire week. And it's like, that's so, so, so important. <laughs> like so important. So that now, is those balances of like in office, I'm getting paid to do this events. And then also having those times where you guys can, you know, regroup and, and meet outside of the company. Meet outside too. And so that's, it's super cool. It gives, it gives a lot of opportunity, but like I said, it's new and it's developing. And my, the where I'm at has been doing it for a long time. This is not common. Lots of companies are like, okay, we're establishing it now. Like after George Floyd, it's like, okay, maybe we like need to pivot on moment. And I yeah. get it because it, it is a, a moment in time that we will never forget. But it's like for companies, that was like the, oh, okay. Like, I see we got to start really, really adding into 
to black people but yeah. you know, who knows how genuine all companies are with it but yeah utilize I mean but that's what I'm starting to understand too though like it don't even matter if you was genuine I'm still gonna use it and be genuine when I use it like exactly <laughs> you make it your give own. it to me whatever yep you make it your own right it's only gonna be as much as you pour into it right so it's kind of like yeah if you want to be one of those like you said there are times where it exists but like it's hard to get people to come out it's hard to get people to participate and it's like you're only going to get as much as you put in Mm -hmm. so if there is a leadership like that leadership working really hard to not only engage people but like what are what are the people asking for what are they looking for what do we need right like what's going to make this good what's going to make this fun and um like, how are we going to get people feeling as though they are appreciated and respected? We talk about recognition. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that they did was like a full gala for everybody to get really dressed up. And there was a full award show where everyone got an opportunity to be nominated for awards and recognized for the work that they had done for the year. Right. So like, not only am I being I'm like, it's a room literally full of only us and we get to be praised and like recognized for my accomplishments so it it, all the way down to the things that you may not have even thought people noticed or realized it'll be like this person really took the initiative to really give their all to this project they devoted their whatever whatever and it's like got and they they you know they get recognized for that and I think that that's huge (laughs) you don't watch the office but that's not like the Dundies for all my the office the office watchers yeah (laughs) I need to watch the office that's gonna upset a lot of people but I need to watch the office but yes like you it's important (laughs) another thing like tapping into another thing like employee recognition is important and we touched on that before like black women getting recognized for the work that they're doing and recognition is important. So doing what you can, like I said, doing what you can and making what you can um, and really putting your foot down and sticking these companies to really like start working toward making change. Like you said, George Floyd, this is not the first occurrence where someone has passed away at the hands of police. And so my thing is like, but I do think that just for the corporate world and then like this environment that's changing now, it's like, there are people really like walking out of their jobs and like staging walkouts and yes. doing making really big like notices that we are not like we're not we're not giving in this time. This is really important to us. You're not just gonna make a post and keep moving. Like we will literally quit. <laughs> so <laughs> no, really. It's serious. It's a real big deal and it's important. And it sucks that it's like, okay, you guys are acting like you've just been awakened now, but let's hope and pray that that companies continue to talk the talk. Cause like I said, I'm talking really highly of my company, but there's still a lot of work to, to be done. That group. Right. As of everywhere. And I think that I don't think we work at necessarily like bad places where there's, there's, there's worse. I've seen worse. There's worse. So like, definitely. There's, there's definitely worse. And like, we have spaces where we can, utilize what is given to us in any capacity in whatever capacity we can like that is a a grateful feeling to have space where we're able to utilize yeah what we're given and I do have one more question one more thing just give them one tip what is your one corporate tip that has gotten you this far oh that's a good one what's my one corporate tip that has gotten me this far 
Um, I think you have to be like your own advocate. Mm-hmm. And this may sound really selfish and maybe not though, but like <laughs> you have to be your own advocate. And really sometimes, like, I feel like I find a lot of times where they're like people will get praised for the things that they do a lot more outwardly and openly. Like you'll vocally, like you'll hear it, like your peers or coworkers next to you getting recognized and you may not get that same recognition. A lot of things that something that I have been, that I will do sometimes when I'm feeling really discouraged, super simple, but I literally will go and like look at my own LinkedIn page or look, reread my resume and like really hype myself up. (laughs) And when I start to kind of forget, what'd you say? That's a good one. I didn't even that's when I start funny. to kind of forget sometimes, like, why am I here? What am I doing? Like, I'll go back because my resume to me is just like, that's my history. Like that, it, those, these are the things that I've done. These are the things that I've accomplished. And so sometimes I need a reminder of that. Like when I got accepted and got to do this opportunity, it was just a really big opportunity. And especially when I saw that I was the only black woman in the group that got the, the opportunity, yeah. I was like, oh, oh wow <laughs> like what made, my team. it really sucks to say but the first question in my head is like what made them pick me right and then I literally had to I'm I had to go on my LinkedIn and I had to remind myself these are the things that they looked at <laughs> these are the things yeah. that I've done I'm qualified like I am supposed to be here I have done the work and I have put the work in And I just literally will read it, even if I'm rereading it a thousand times, I'll just read it over and over and over again and just be like, and obviously like, that's not all you are is your accomplishments, but also too, like, as you're reading it, like you'll, it'll refresh your memory on what were some of the things I was going through as I was doing this, right? As I was doing this work, what prompted me to go here? What prompted me to accept this job? Where was I in my life when I was still, you know, making strides and making these accomplishments? And then you get to that current spot and you get to where, like, you go through that history and now you get to where you are now. And you'd be like, yep, I know why I'm here. I see. It makes a lot of sense. That's true. (laughs) So that's kind of, I think that's my biggest tip. I think that's what helps me, at least on a day-to-day. Be like Issa Rae and start rapping in the mirror. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like that. I like that. Um, I would say for my biggest tip, I'm not going to lie. It's just pretty much show up. Like <laughs> you have to really show up for yourself. And um, if you are scared to do something, just show up and take that first step. And normally, not normally, but most times it will find its way. And if it's meant for you, it will work out. Um, but I think that the, sometimes it gets scary to feel or you feel like you can't show up because you are like crowded out by the people around you or just like competition. I put in air quotes of like different people signing up or applying for the same job or just like, there's so many reasons that you can kind of feel like I just shouldn't take that next step. So I would just say like, always show up, always just take that first step. And if it doesn't work out, it's not a fail. It's just a redirect. Cause at the end of the day, you can always say like, you you just you tried your best you do no really and i'm gonna start saying like google google uh they declined me but it's google 
You know, it's it's bigger. Right. <laughs> Talking about Netflix the climbing. It's still Netflix. They send me an email. That's right. <laughs> they still they still went out of their way. Even if you just even if you get an interview with them, they still wanted to talk to you. They still had interest. Like the, so, you didn't know that for. And what you can think about resume too, though. I do want to say one thing. I think resume is huge. You can miss out on a job opportunity because your resume isn't written correctly. I highly, highly, highly always recommend that if you don't have somebody in a high space that can help you out with that, paying for that is worth it because you'll the payoff is so big. Yes. To um, have a good resume that you could send out. Because yes. the wording, the verbiage, that's a huge reason why people get first interviews. Yeah, I think that that's huge. Like making sure that that's right and that's correct is so, so big. You don't even realize it all the time that like, I low-key have to completely go over my resume actually and, and change a whole bunch of stuff. Same. Right. I'm always, I'm always changing it. I'm always trying to fix it. I'm always trying to make it better. You should always be adjusting it. Um, I think that's a huge, definitely a huge tip. So oh, yeah. I love that. Love that for us. We, we are corporate baddies, but we love and hate it here. You know, it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> we love and hate it here. It's not always cute and rainbows and butterflies. The salaries, even like the girls on TikTok, like, yeah, the, you have the tech salary, but everything that we've talked, whatever salary, everything that we've talked about today is are still the things that you have to deal with on the day to day. No matter how liberal your company is, no matter how many resource groups y'all got. You still got stuff you're dealing with on a day to day that things we we're fighting. Yeah, (laughs) that has directly has to do with being a black woman and being in that space. Well, guys, next week we got another build. So we'll see. Next week is our last one. Tear. A tear. Tear. I hope you guys had fun here. We'll see you (laughs) soon. So that's all we have for you today. In order to make sure that we keep growing, like, leave a review, and tell a friend. Bye!